officials now appear to be clearing the floor after having a discussion with the headset on. The NBA is suspending the season. I say that understanding that as we speak, the game in Dallas is continuing. But starting tomorrow, NBA play is suspended. This is why you look at them and give them a slight edge because you know, A, they know what it takes, and two, they've put forth the discipline necessary and have already exhibited for us what's required in order to achieve the ultimate goals. You believe in them and you give them the benefit of the doubt and you give them an edge because they understood all along the season was suspended. It was not canceled. Let's see who else gets that. Okay, I know it's been a long time, but we are back. I think I know basketball. I'm your boy, Keese. And I'm your boy, Kyrie. Thanks so much for your patience during this time. I know it's been a while, and a lot of you have been asking about when we were going to come back. Well, we are back. And while we're here, let's have you guys follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram if you haven't done so already. I think I know underscore BB. And check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor FM app and anywhere else you get your podcast, because we're on a bunch of different platforms, man. But it is great to be back, and there's no better time for us to be jumping back on than after that crazy game. First, let's celebrate the fact that the bubble actually worked. No COVID cases throughout the whole bubble. Lou Williams did try to get some thighs and legs, but, you know, the NBA prevailed. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we talk, we talking chicken thighs and legs, or I mean, I was talking all the thighs and legs. You know what I'm saying? He made a, he made a trip to Magic City. I don't know if you know what Magic City is, but well, I know, I know, I know what it is. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I think that he had a little bit more than a chicken thigh meats on his mind. Yeah, man. 2020 has been a crazy year. I just want to say one thing before we jump right into this: Black Lives Matter. 1,000%. But yeah, let's get, let's get into this, this, this basketball stuff, man. The bubble. It was crazy. Who do you think? Do you want you want you want to start off with the game last night, or do you want to just start off with with the you best team in the bubble? Let Let's start off with the game last night because I just feel like, I mean, it was the epitome of just anything you could have wanted that that play in series to be. I know it seemed like kind of a a weird format where uh, the Portland Trail Blazers ended up being uh, listed as the number eight seed coming into the game because Memphis could not get it going in the bubble. I think they only won one game. Or something like that. So they gave away that huge, you know, that that lead that they had going into this for the eighth slot. But you know, they had this weird format where uh, Portland only needed to win one game because they were the eighth seed, whereas Memphis had to win both games to advance. Uh, but I'll tell you what, man, the the game action itself did not disappoint at all, and there were so many storylines. Uh, before we we get into the action, I just want to say. You know, our condolences for, you know, Yusef Nurkic. He announced before the game on Saturday that he lost his grandmother due to COVID-19. And he said after the game that he didn't, he didn't even want to play the game. He was playing with a heavy heart and he balled out. Like, that was, that was some amazing stuff. But, but first and foremost, I mean, you know, shout out to him and condolences to him and for anybody else who's lost family members or, you know, had people get really sick from this terrible illness. Yeah, I mean, that man balled out 22 points, 
21 rebounds, condolences to his grandmother. You know what I'm saying? She had to be watching over him, giving him a little boost, you know, helping him ball out. But like he said, he didn't even want to play the game. And, you know, I can, I can, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is another NBA player. I think yeah. he lost, he lost his mom, right? Yeah, he lost his mom. Yeah. He did. It's, and it's just crazy. Like, so so the, 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 the virus is very serious out there. I need you guys to take it serious and make sure you're wearing your mask. But, yeah, um, back to the game. You know, Dame Dollar, another big game, Man. like you say. I mean, wow. C.J. McCullen, another big game in the bubble. Even Melo, I mean, he didn't have – it wasn't, it wasn't a, you know, impactful big game, but it was a quiet big game. He hit the clutch shots that he needed to hit. I mean, he, he hit the dagger at the end, man. Like, you know, uh, off a feed from Dame in the corner, Melo hit it just like he hit it like it was like six years ago, you know? He hit it like it was the game before that against Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that because he, he has been, he has been hitting some, you know, some clutch shots down the stretch in some of these big games. I mean, he did it earlier this season to kind of get himself yeah. going. Uh, with, he's with he's the a big piece yeah. to the Blazers. He's a big piece to the Blazers. I'm happy that they added him. Gary Trent Jr., what? That guy, I mean, he's just been balling in the bubble. But I just want to talk about the backcourt. Dame Dalla and CJ. Jesus Christ. Dame's been balling for the last... Dame's been balling all season, but the he's last... Been, he's been balling all games, season, yeah. Yeah, the last three or four games, he's been balling out of his mind. The, the 51, the 61, then he follows up with, with the 42... 42. And then another thirty-one-point game. I mean, who skip? Who skip? Who skip? Hey, hey skip. Well, yeah, skip. <laughs> you know what? This man—he already told you. Put some respect on his name. You know. Yeah. And 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 I would like to point out that was all after um, the Los Angeles Clippers and Skip Bayless and stuff were trying to troll him. Yeah. Um, yeah. After yeah. he missed those two clutch free throws, and everybody wants to kind of come out of the woodwork and be like, "Oh, Dame choked." You know, look at that. And and it's like don't like who do you think this is you know it's yeah. like it's like you really this guy's sat a up rapper. there you this, this really guy's a rapper. you sat <laughs> up there and pissed bars. this seriously he he dropped you dropped four in a row it's like you want to sit up there and, 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 and like you know piss this guy off he sat up there and he dropped he dropped a hundred and twelve points in two days come on that's man that's crazy. Some that's, teams don't even drop 112 points in two days. No. <laughs> well, it seemed like that. Yeah. But, but I mean, like he, you know, and, and I, I was thinking about this earlier. It's like, man, I haven't seen somebody go off like that since Dame Lillard did it earlier this season. He, he, ha he has another 61-point game this year, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. during that puts crazy category, point. It puts him in a category alone with Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> Oh my God! Like, it, it, just think about that, right? The fact that you, you have multi, multiple sixty-point games, you know, and, and it's like, yeah, it's, it's Dame Lillard and Wilt Chamberlain. That's the that's list. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. You want to know something? I want to point out and talk about. We had two stars from each team playing injured. You got CJ oh, yeah. with a with a broken back, pretty much. This guy has a broken back, and then you got John Morant who we just found out has been playing with a pretty much a broken thumb. But CJ and Ja going one-on-one -on -one at the end of the game, you got to put some respect on CJ. You can't put the rookie on CJ. Come on, man. Like, what are we talking about? I'm, I mean, I'll tell you, it's like some of it, it just is what it is because, like, that's the matchups you play. And But that that's the matchup you want if you're the Blazers because Ja Morant, for as exciting as he is, he's not a good defender yet. So yeah, CJ went to work on him and just he, yeah. he was like he was like, you know what, line me up with this rookie and I'm gonna like let's dance. And with and the he, broken back. 
And and he put him down like three straight times and just just took him. And it's just mm. like, yep, that that's that's what it is. But to John Moran's credit, man, that was an electric game. He put up yep. 35 points. Like that was that was he's an incredible. Rookie, he's rookie of the year. He's rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's like if you had any doubt about it, he he sealed it. Like he, yeah, he's, yeah. And, and I mean, the fact that Zion's not even in the picture anymore because the Pelicans they dropped off the face of the earth. I mean, you know, Zion I mean, really didn't play that much during the bubble. I mean, they had him on a minutes yeah. restriction, like all types of stuff. I mean, Ja kind of had, he had something to play for as a rookie. You know what I'm saying? And he, he kind of he went out there and he and he, and he showed why he's going to be a future superstar in this league. And it, and it was him, you know, it was, it was basically like, it wasn't all, all him. I mean, the, the Grizzlies as a team, I admire what they did yesterday. They fought hard. Um, and, and it was a situation in which, you know, they, they didn't play that well in the bubble. Like I said, I think they only won one game uh, throughout the entire time and gave away their lead. You know, they could have just clinched the eight spot and said they had to play in for it, but they didn't go down without fighting hard. Um, you had big games from a lot of different players. Uh, but John Moran, I mean, that that's the dude. And Dame and CJ both, once, you know, after after the game, in the post game, they were just like, look, man, this guy's a star already. It's like, you can't, you can't even deny it. And he showed it. Yeah, yeah. So let's keep it moving. Let's talk about play-ins. Do we want to keep play-ins permanently? Because honestly, I would have loved to see the Phoenix Suns versus the Portland Trailblazers. The Phoenix Suns went undefeated in the bubble. I feel like... Devin Booker, to me, second best player in the bubble. You can make an argument that he was the best, but I think Dame, what he... Dame I, mean, did oh, yeah, I, mean, was I was about to say, I mean, who's... who's, who's oh, yeah, Mr. 61 points. I mean, yeah, if, if, if Dame didn't do what Dame did, it would definitely be Devin Booker. And Devin he was Booker definitely... Yeah, and, and he put himself as probably one of my... All right, so you know, I had this infinity thing with Kyrie Irving. You know, it's over. You know, blah blah. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to get too deep into it. And and you know, being a Boston fan and seeing what Kyrie was doing here, and just watching the young Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's really become probably my favorite player in the league. But Devin Booker is like number two, and then probably Paul George. But Devin Booker. He put up seventy points on the on the on the Celtics a few years ago. I mean, oh. the guys, and he when just he was turned like twenty three. Yeah, yeah, you know, when he was like twenty years old, he dropped seventy on the Celtics. That was, that like, was what nuts. Else? Not to get stuck on the Suns, but do you think that they should keep playoffs permanently? Play Here's play a, ins permanently. Yeah, yeah, I got you. See, for me, I I like it. I feel like the I feel like the players and the teams are are going to object. Like, this was a special circumstance where just all kind of things were going wrong and, and you, you had no idea, um, you know, kind of how healthy teams were going to be or during the circumstances. I feel like when things get back to normal, um, they're probably just going to say, no, like, let's, let's just keep the seating because then you're going to have playoff teams that are having to play in for a spot, you know, if they're the seventh or eighth seed, and they're going to be like, well, we earned that spot. Like, you know, they lost, you know, the, the nine Do you or think 10 or whatever, like they lost. But I think like games like what we saw, I feel like, and, and if you do it in, in the format where you give the eighth seed the advantage and say they only need to win one game, I, I feel like that could be doable. I feel mm, like that could I, be a thing. That could be doable. What I see, not what I see, but one thing, if, if it was to 
change up the format, if the NBA was to change up the format, just the top 16 teams, the top 16 teams in the league, you know, and then divide that up by two sides. You know what I'm saying? Get rid of the get rid of the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference and just go for it. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to do it, just treat it like the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have been talking about that. And, and I think that that's the, the problem is, right, that that's going to fa- that's going to heavily favor the Western Conference because the East has traditionally been the weaker conference. At the same time, I think that there I feel like people should really think about that one because there are so many good teams in the West that just aren't getting in because even though they're the best, you know, among the best teams in the league, they play in the wrong conference. And then you got uh, teams right. coming out of the East that are like 30 and 50 or something like that. And, and mm. it's like, and, and they're, and they're getting bounced out of the playoffs anyway, in the first round, you know, getting swept. And it's really no, not you're right, that you're compelling. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, you're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely I, right. Yeah, I, so didn't, I, I, didn't, like, I didn't really consider that. I didn't consider the fact that once you do kind of get rid of conferences, there's a lot of teams with the West Coast that are just definitely really good that aren't getting in because of the, the way the format is now. And that would just absolutely kind of get a bunch of the Eastern Conference teams completely out of here. So, But, but right. a lot of them, see, the thing is to me, like, I don't know, a lot of them don't deserve it. You know, honestly, like, do you really want to see, like, the Orlando Magic or something like that in, in the playoffs? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you're right. <laughs> Like the Orlando Magic or the eight seed in the East. Aaron Gordon's balling. The only way I want to see the Orlando Magic in the playoffs is if Aaron Gordon is going to be catching ridiculous dunks every night, and the chances of that happening is really not high. So, well, well, I mean, it's like it it might, it might be, but at the same time, it's like if that, if that is literally the only thing, it's like if you get Aaron Gordon like throwing down a highlight dunk once a game, and then the Magic are getting beat by twenty. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) It's like that. I mean, that's more or less what's going to happen. It's like they're not going to be close to the Bucks. But anyway, before we get in, before we get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about these playoff matchups a little bit in the in the East and the West because it's all set now. And so we'll we'll get into a little bit of like best team in the bubble and best player, even though we kind of touched on that a little bit because there are some other really good players in the bubble this time around. But let's uh-huh. talk about these matchups, bro. So let's start off in the Eastern Conference. I already kind yeah, I already kind of touched on this one. Bucks versus Magic. Does this even get past four games? No. Next matchup. <laughs> next <laughs> next caller. All right. Here, here's another one that I don't think is going to go very long, but it intrigues me slightly more. Raptors versus Nets. You got no Kyrie Irving. He opted out before we even got into this thing for reasons that we I thought he was out because time. of his – I thought his shoulder was messed up. I don't know. I don't so, know. So, I mean, there, there's, there's injuries involved with him, but also he mentioned not wanting to play because of the, because of the protest movement and because basically he's like, I don't want to play, you know, to make money for you guys, you know, when you're just making money off of, off of black lives anyway. You know what I mean? So his is yeah. also kind of philosophical in in, uh, in argument. But past that, Raptors versus Nets. Nets mm. have been an intriguing team to me. They with have Karis been. LeVert balling out lately. Baby Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> but Raptors, to me, are still too good. What do you think? Um, I definitely think the Raptors are going to win this probably four to two. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 you think the they'll Nets- go to six? Yeah, the Nets might get two games. Levert, I mean, 
Levert could go off for 60. I, anything could happen with Levert. You know what I'm saying? Anything That's the thing. He has no conscience these days, man. Yeah, like, anything he's can out happen here with just Levert. Balling. And I think that when you have a player like that on your team, it definitely changes the dynamic of the the way the other players on the team are playing. They're going to step up. They're going to elevate their level of play. I, I think that the Raptors, they're the number two team in the Eastern Conference, but they they may you know, come in slacking. They may do that. You know, uh, who... If Kyle Larry doesn't put up 30 points, I don't see the, the Raptors just winning easily. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kyle Larry has to play well. Because, I mean, it's like you can't just have Pascal Siakam. The thing is, exactly. like, I feel like they have, they have a good... They they have a good role playing core aside OG's from OG's good OG's good you know what I'm saying dude this the, Chris Boucher man like he's, yeah. he's interesting dude I didn't really know much about him until probably about like right before the stoppage was when I was starting to see some of his highlights and some of the numbers he was putting up like he's a little energetic dude and he can mm. shoot it a little bit from time to time yeah so I mean I think the Raptors are gonna win so I mean the next the next matchup what we got. Well, I already know where you're going with this one. Um, Celtics versus 76ers. Whew, man, this one's such probably the easiest decision I've made all year. I'm, I'm picking the Celtics. I mean, at this point, though, like it, it, it's easy, it should be easy for everyone because you got no Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid isn't 100% either. And the Celtics, to me, the Celtics really started finding themselves at the end of the bubble right there. I think they Gordon Haywood, finally. baby. Gordon yeah. Haywood. You see Gordon Haywood catching dunks like that, you know it's lit. And, and I mean, he was aggressive in attacking. I feel like that's not, that hasn't always been the case with him, but when he gets mm -hmm. confident, he attacks the rim and he starts getting shots closer to the basket and just shooting without, with less hesitation. And I when don't want to say Celtics he's back. That, yeah, I want to say he's back to what he was before the injury. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't really like using injuries against players, but he's definitely playing a lot like that. Yeah, and and I mean, Kemba, and they need that because Kemba is not, you know, quite himself yet either. Um, and, and so you've got to have... Kemba has me a little nervous. I'm a little nervous with Kemba. I feel like Kemba, I think probably like the third or fourth game in these playoffs, he's going to find his footing. Depending on how easy this series is against the Sixers. You know what I'm saying? I expect the Celtics to win, and if the Celtics win, I do expect it to be, you know, not challenging, but they probably won't lose one or two games. But I think they're going to win. But I don't think it's going to test the mentality that Kimba needs to have to be in. You know what I'm saying? Like that playoff mentality? Because this is his first time yeah. in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So when he's going to be in a series and it's tied and, you know, it's, it's coming down to, you know, you a must-win game. I want to see Kimber in that situation. I want to see how he's going to play emotionally and stuff like that. I want to see if he's going to beat himself up on the court. I want to see how, you know, if he's going to be timid or not. So that's the only thing I'm kind of worried about with the Celtics. And I'm, it's going to be interesting for me watching during this first series with the Sixers. Most definitely. Um, and, and I think that um, the Celtics, you know, when, especially when they're playing well, they're, they're too, they, they were probably going to be better than the 76ers anyway. But I think especially now, there's no chance that the 76ers are going to be able to keep this up unless Joel Embiid scores 40 points a game on one leg or whatever it is that he's playing with these days. Um, yeah. All right, next one in the Eastern Conference, last matchup, which I think is the most evenly matched, which you would expect, Heat versus Pacers. 
Yeah, this one right here, it's going to be one to watch. You know what I'm saying? I think this is going to be what the NBA is all about when it comes down to playoff basketball. You have two evenly matched teams. They both have some superstars. You know, I mean, yeah, Jimmy Butler's a superstar. We're going to call Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's a superstar. The Heat, I mean, I mean, the Pacers, they got Victor. Is Oladipo playing? Victor Oladipo is playing, but not even just him, but all of a sudden, TJ Warren? What? I mean... This is this right here's a. I was gonna say I, he's I, another I, one of contenders I, for best player I, in the bubble. I was just about to say, outside of basketball, as far as this matchup goes, the storyline between Jimmy Butler and T.J. Warren is uh -huh. going to be great to watch. That's what I mean by it's gonna be. This is what NBA playoff basketball is all about. The storylines, the all that. You know, it makes me think about like Charles Barkley or Jordan versus the the bad boys type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? This is kind of like our version of that. We're gonna see, you know, Jimmy Butler versus T.J. Warren. You know, T.J. Warren's balling. You know, demanding the respect of the players in the league. Jimmy Butler, like, man, I don't even like this guy. He's okay, whatever. And we've seen what happened early in the season, so it's gonna be interesting. Absolutely. And it's just, man, it's crazy because TJ Warren, you know, outside of that altercation with Jimmy Butler earlier in the year where Jimmy Butler got him ejected from a game for getting too hyped up and was just kind of mm -hmm. like, yeah, well, he can't guard me, but I can guard him. And that kind of thing, just like, <laughs> like, like dismissing him like that. And now TJ Warren's getting all the hype for a complete, for, for putting up 53 points um, you know, 34 and 32, like in, in, in like three straight games. The Somebody's three been games working the out during like, quarantine. Man, yeah, he <laughs> shot he shot 65% from the field in those games. Like he, he was going crazy. And I think that, here's the thing. I think that the Heat are the better team. They're the more complete team. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, who he's been flamethrowing from beyond the arc since, yep. they, since I started playing them, like straight up. And, and I, I feel like they just have such a good, well-rounded team. They are going to be without Derrick Jones Jr., who's, you know, one of yeah. their high flyers because he, he left with kind of a scary injury. Um, he had some head-to-head -head contact and, and went down. Um, they took him off on the stretcher. That's, you know, obviously scary. You never want to see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, um, very scary. I think that in terms of being a more complete team, I think it's the Heat, but the Pacers have, the Pacers have a couple of guys with nuclear potential. You know, it's yeah. Victor Oladipo is the main guy that you talk about. But I mean, again, TJ Warren, if he's really going to keep playing like this, that's that's just a different beast entirely. You know what I mean? I mean, don't sleep on Malcolm Brogdon. And then, then they got them. They got Malcolm Brogdon. I've always been a fan of Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis. I mean, they have just they have a solid team. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they have th these teams are both evenly matched almost by position to the T, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's kind of interesting. It's yeah. kind of interesting to see. Who are you picking? Ooh, damn. I, I thought you forgot to ask me that question. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna sharp, go I'm with, sharp as it ever was, bro. I'm going to go with the Miami Heat. I, I think that, you know, again, like it's it's tough because that's a four and a five seed playing each other. And, and I mean, that's as evenly matched as you would expect, but I feel like that's where I would go too. But man, I would... I would find it very interesting to be wrong about that because I think the Pacers are a tough team. Both of them are tough teams. I want to I want to see them keep on playing some, you know, punching up at these uh, you know, top seeds in the Eastern Conference. But anyway, let's move on to the West because it's the game Western time. Conference. It is it is game time. So let's start with Clippers versus Mavs. 
So we're not quite going in order the, the way that we did last time, but, but I, I find this one interesting because of the way Luca has been playing. He's been playing like, like an MVP. Like a, like, yeah, we're going to call, like, I'm not even going to abbreviate it. He's been playing like the most valuable player. And I don't even know. Uh, it's crazy because he's been playing like the MVP, but he's being overshadowed right now because of the whole, the, the fact that he's in the bubble and he's not even the best player in the bubble right now. <laughs> which, so it, which again, it says, it says more about how some of these other dudes have been playing than it does yeah, about yeah. him because he's been sensational, but you're he's absolutely been, right. Yeah. He had a, he had a game where he had like 20 assists the other day. Like, yeah, it, I think it was like 30-something, it was like 31 points or 37 points or something crazy like that and like 17, 18 assists. He was just, and, and I mean, it was like a between-the-legs assist like at the end of the game. He's out there just playing around with dudes. And he's like yeah, 20. It's gonna, uh, it's gonna, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see him in the playoffs against Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Pat Bev, some of the best defensive players in the entire league. Um, this is going to be a very interesting matchup because of that right there. You have two high-power offenses. The Mavericks don't necessarily play a lot of defense, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to need defense to stop the Clippers because sometimes the Clippers like to stop themselves. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's, it's interesting because I think the Clippers, personally, I think that they're still the best team in the league, but they, oh do, have these, they do have these really weird stretches where, you know, that, like Kawhi will, will be kind of off. You know, his, his, his shot will just not be falling. And then Paul He's still George the most just, frustrated I've ever seen him in his career on this team. I, I really think that sometimes he just, do, he just doesn't have it. It's weird. And then you got, and I don't know if it's because, like, there, there are some nagging knee problems with him or if that, because I, I kind of assumed that that was just, excuses for load, load management but if he really isn't quite 100 percent, and then when he's not quite going you have paul george being like okay i'm gonna be the guy now i'm gonna start taking my shots and if he's not hitting then i feel like they really they they struggle for an identity like they have a really yeah. good they have a really good bench set up at when they're at full strength with lou williams and montrez harrell i mean they're they're a demolition squad off the bench, they're crazy. I think them them getting Reggie Jackson was a was a, was a good pickup. Yeah, and I think that Reggie Jackson maybe helps a little bit of that, not just in terms of distribution, but the fact that he's aggressive and he likes to score. You know, he's a, yeah, he's a combo yeah, guard. Yeah. He's a guy that can take a little bit of that pressure off, and which he is doesn't crazy. even necessarily have to be making shots, but he can just take up some time on the court where he can you know take the pressure off, like you said. Yeah, and and it's crazy because you think about the fact that they got Reggie Jackson. And they get to play Pat Beverly off the bench, you know, or in like kind of reduced minutes and let him just be as high energy as he wants to be. Like the Clippers are stacked, dude. They are stacked from top to bottom with talent. And it's like sometimes they're really frustrating, but on paper, like they got dudes who would be starting on like almost any other team in the league coming off the bench. Like Montrezl Harrell would not be coming off the bench in other places. Lou Williams would not be coming off the bench in other places. You know what I mean? Yeah, so who you picking? I mean, it's got to be the Clippers because I think that the Mavs... <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's because I think, as you said, right, the Mavs just don't play enough defense. And I think that there are still moments where Luka tries to do too much. He's starting to play more within himself, but I think that he feels he has to do too much and take on too much of this burden. You know, Chris Ops, Porzingis, 
um, has his good games. He has his good games and his bad games, but he's still not back to what he was before, um, you know, kind of like playing his way back from um, you know, all that injury time he had off. And then uh, I think that aside from that, they just don't quite have enough. The Clippers are just too good. That's how uh, I see it anyway. I'm, I'm picking the Clippers too because, exactly, they're just too good. I mean, Luka's good. Porzingis is good. Tim Hardaway Jr. has been balling. Um, Harrison Barnes, you know, they've been doing their thing, but they need to play some defense, and I don't see them magically starting to play defense during this series. What's, no. the, next, what's the next matchup we got? Yo, you were talking about, you know, what the NBA playoffs are all about. This is one. This is one of those series. Thunder versus Rockets. Storylines, storylines, storylines. We have we have all the storylines. We have all the revenge tours. One thing I will say is that it doesn't look like Russ is going to be around for game one of the playoffs. But, man, we need him back in this series because, I, I mean, as everybody knows, longtime Thunder legend Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. back on the court playing for the Houston Rockets. And while I was thinking about this, right, then you have – you have Chris Paul. You got CP3 coming back for the Thunder, playing against the Rockets team that he left uh, with a lot of acrimony. You know, a lot of people were saying, like, this relationship wasn't working. It was toxic, partly because of CP3. So now we get to see him leading this young Thunder team up against the presumptive favorites, which are the Rockets. But you just never know, man. This is one game, this is one series, actually, where I'm like, man, I wish the fans were there. I wish things were normal. Because I want to see Russ in OKC with them cheering against him. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. that just seems crazy to me. And, you know, Paul George, he was in OKC. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, there's so many different storylines. I mean, this is going to be a good one. And OKC, as a team, has been playing really good. You know what I'm saying? Chris Paul has been playing like Chris Paul. That guy's been consistent. Him and Melo have been two guys that have just been consistent. Like, it's not, like Melo was saying post-game, it's not like a, I'm back. I never really went anywhere. You know what I'm saying? I've always been this consistent. I've always been playing as well. It's just that the situations and the systems around them don't necessarily be for them to flourish. But Chris Paul has found himself in a great situation in Oklahoma. And Russell Westbrook has found himself in a good situation in Houston. And and then we haven't even mentioned James Harden. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like on the list of things, he's kind of down at the bottom, which is like, again, he's one of the, the three finalists for the MVP award again. Yeah. So it's going to be, I think this is going to be a good, a good matchup. Um, you know, I'm, I'm expecting to see a lot of the, the, you know, PJ Tucker stepping up, the Steven Adams stepping up. It's going to be really interesting and, and very good entertainment. And like you said, this is what playoff basketball is all about. So, at least for myself, if you if you make me pick one, I'm going with the Rockets because I'm, I'm going I, with the Rockets too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to see James Harden. Yeah, yeah, and, and I and I think that when they are fully healthy, they have too much firepower for the for the Thunder. But the Thunder are not going to go out quietly. They're they're going to take at least a game off of off of the Rockets and make this an interesting series. I think even if the Rockets do eventually. Uh, end up taking this because I mean they they have the Thunder have just so many interesting young pieces like you know Shy Gilgis Alexander who's been he's he's a breakout star this year you know he's been absolutely he, he's been one of the best young players in the league and you know CP3 he's again he, he looks rejuvenated and CP3 in the playoffs has always been money pretty much money time state farm <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah it's, it's like he's going he's going cliff paul he's got you all covered 
All right. <laughs> so next one, which is our our four our fourth and fifth seed matchup, we got the one through eight coming up. Don't worry. But the fourth and fifth seed matchup is going to be the Nuggets and the Jazz. Honestly, man, these two teams are kind of meh to me. I'm not terribly excited about either one of them. But I will say this: Michael Porter Jr. Of That's what I want to see. Of the I want to see Michael Porter. He's been the man. He has. <laughs> I want to see man. Michael Porter. I want to see him and Jokic play basketball together. I think Porter and Jokic playing together is going to be really, really entertainment. I want to see Murray. To me, honestly, Utah is. Eh. I mean, Donovan Mitchell is a star, but that team is just so boring to watch. I mean, a, a lot of things about Utah to me is boring. Although I've never went, so I shouldn't. That's probably not fair to say. <laughs> but you know, as far as the basketball team, you know, it was boring. You know what I'm saying? But Donovan Mitchell is a superstar. So I mean, I I really want to see the Denver Nuggets demolish them and have fun. Yes, and I and I think that again, right? Like that the Jazz are, you know, they they find a way to be tough. You know, with Donovan Mitchell and and Rudy Gobert, which is funny because like Rudy Rudy Gobert and and Donovan Mitchell playing together decently well, you know, after all the beef that came between them because of Rudy Gobert giving them the, you know, giving them the Rona, you know what I mean? And it's like, that was, that was actually a fun storyline. We didn't get a chance to talk about at the time. The fact that uh, it was those two combining to help win that, that very first game of the bubble way back when, uh, and Rudy Gobert hit like some, some game ceiling free throws yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Like, after after him being the one that basically got the league shut down. I mean, it was going to shut down anyway, but yeah. the fact that, that it was him being the first one to get it and give it to a teammate, you know? So it's like, at, at any point, uh, we're going we're gonna to be watching him being like, ah, Rudy, like, who knows where the NBA could have been without you? <laughs> at least that's how I feel. I'm always kind of giving him the side eye now because, I mean, I, I, I know he's, he's hopefully learned his lesson, but, I just Come think on, about guys. that clip of him touching all the microphones. That's just oh my god! Thing. Like, and, and you know what? You get what you deserve, man. It's like it's like if you if you court disaster enough times, it'll find you. Well, to to, to be honest, we do got to put some respect on the Utah Jazz because they are a playoff team and they they have played well for most of the season. It's not like they was ever really at the bottom. They've been right in the middle, um, the middle top half of the the pack in the Western Conference, which is a very competitive conference for. A majority of the season so you know shout outs to them you know what i'm saying i still think utah may be born but shout outs to them <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is true and, and you know one thing that i i was a little surprised about is the fact that mike conley you know kind of took a while to find his footing with them he's he's um, been balling in the bubble people been playing different in the bubble man you're, you're right playing playing inside the bubble is different and actually uh for a WBUR, for the Morning Edition show, uh, we brought on Gary Washburn, the NBA reporter from the Boston Globe, for an interview. He's at the bubble right now. He's been attending these games. Um, and he was talking about the fact that as much as you try to pipe in the crowd noise or you know, you got virtual fans on the boards and stuff like that, or you pump music into the stadium, it's just not the same. Like, you can't feed off the crowd noise the way that you used to. You can't feed off the booze if that's something that you like to do. You know, if that gets you going on the road, you, you can't do that the same way that you used to. And so it's really about you being in your head. Can you motivate mm. yourself? Can mm. you get yourself going and mm. tune out the weirdness of all of this? And some guys, I think, are showing that they can thrive in that environment. 
You know, if, if they're just out there balling. Like that's the thing. It's like in, they can they can pipe in as much noise as they want or put you know virtual fans on the screens and stuff. But for the most part, it's like it's like pickup. You know, it's yeah, it's like I it's mean, like it's like pickup ball. It's like these dudes are out on the blacktop or or some or it's open gym. You know what I mean? And they're just going and, for it. And just to 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 use that to transition into our last matchup. LeBron James himself has said he's having a hard time adjusting to playing in the bubble. Do you think that's going to affect the now set number one versus number eight matchup in the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Portland Trailblazers? And what do you think is going to happen? So this is tough because ultimately I think LeBron James is going to be who LeBron James is. You know, even even though it, it's it's been you know it's been weird, and and that is like totally uh, it's natural even for somebody of James' experience because he hasn't you know they, they haven't been through stuff like this before. Like it, it is an adjustment, you know. But I think ultimately he he's gonna be LeBron. You know, AD is gonna be AD provided he can stay in one piece. But I think that the Lakers as a team have didn't really look that impressive to me even in some of the games that they won uh during, while they were playing in the bubble even even the game they played against the clippers like that opening bubble game they played against the clippers and they beat the clippers first of all the clippers were shorthanded in that game yep. secondly i mean it was it was kind of sloppy you know and lebron the lakers are going to need avery bradley in this game in and, this series yeah and and he is as as you all know he's no longer around and so they're going to have to um, because he opted out. So they're going to have to rely on the likes of Alex Caruso more, who we like him. <laughs> he, we, we like him, but at the same time, he's a role player. He's, he's, he's a guy that funny. you do. It just yeah. sounds funny when you say they don't have Avery Bradley, so they're going to have to rely on Alex Caruso. Alex. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> the bald eagle, baby, you know what I mean? But but again, I think that you know he's he's a good player when you play him in spurts. And he's going to do a lot of stuff that don't show up, like like Avery Bradley. He's going to do a lot of stuff that don't show up on the box score. He's going to dive on the floor. He's going to play solid defense. He's going to you know get in passing lanes. He's going to poke a few balls free. You know, And he plays well with LeBron James, and that's a big deal. Um, they yeah. are going to get Rondo back, so that's one thing. But again, right, you need you need perimeter defense. You, you need defense on this crazy duo of guards. And I don't really know where they're going to get that from. You're not really going to get it from Deion Waiters or like J.R. Smith or something like that. So you're going to be relying a lot on like Danny Green, who uh, I got to be honest, Danny Green just doesn't look like Danny Green anymore, especially defensively. Uh, he looks kind of slow. He can't shoot to save his life right now. You know, yeah. the Lakers the got haircut. some problems. He's feeling himself. It's the haircut. He's feeling himself. You know, he got his tan. It's all those things, you know what I'm saying? He's got a couple of championships with the Spurs. He just got one with the Raptors. Danny Green, now he's on the Lakers with LeBron. You know, that's how he's feeling, you know what I'm saying? He's like, I don't really got to show up. He's, but, he's, like know, 30, he's like 34, 35 years old. He's played a lot of basketball, yeah. and, and so I think that he's just he's just not quite the same anymore. And, and, I mean, that's understandable, but I just feel like this Laker team – they should win this series. They should win because, you know, they have LeBron and they have AD and they got Kyle Kuzma, who low-key was one of the top, he was one of the top 10 players in the bubble for, for definitely for certain spurts. Of he hit a he game was putting winner. some big games. Yeah. And, and I think that he was, he was really balling and he's starting to find himself as that number three, that clear number three guy to me uh, for but the Lakers. 
with all that said, we can't just ignore the fact that the Portland Trailblazers are coming in with the momentum. They're the I mean, hottest like team in the bubble. They're the they're hottest the, team in the bubble with the they're hottest, hottest team the still bubble. left because if, yeah. if it were the Suns, you know, the Suns were undefeated, but they're the yeah, hottest I mean, team well, still left. They're the hottest team in the bubble with the hottest player in the bubble going up against yes. the number one team with all the people, you know, putting them as the underdog and, you know, writing them off. This is going to be interesting. And I think that Dame Lillard is going to do what Dame Lillard has been doing and show people why they deserve to be there. I mean, Dame Lillard dropped a crazy game on the Lakers this year where he went off for 40 plus. Like he's, yep. he's gonna have one of those. Like I'm I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, he's gonna have one of those. They at need some point they in need, they need Melo to step up. Melo has to be consistent. This is for this right here is for this right here for it's not gonna say it's for his legacy or nothing like that, but this right here is like a, a chapter in a story for Melo. You know what I'm saying? You're going against LeBron at this point in your career, you know what I'm saying? You guys you guys have been through so much. Number one, number 18, you're not even supposed to be there. You know, the NBA tried to write you off. This is your chance to just be, I'm still here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, he's been, he's found himself. He's found his role here in Portland. And I think he's going he's gonna to play well. I think, though, that the, the Lakers are, the Lakers are a good defensive team when they're all engaged and playing the way that they should be playing. And so I think that ultimately, they're going to have good strategies for dealing with Portland. But in the end, you, you, can't, you can't stop Dame from doing what Dame does because they he's just one just of those gonna, special players that you can't, you, you can't stop him. You can only try they, to slow him down. Yeah, they're going to play good defense. The Lakers are just going to throw the ball to AD. No one on the Blazers can stick AD, period. I mean, if people are saying like, oh, yeah, Nurkic could, could you know, give AD a lot of problems. And I'm like, what? No. No. Nurkic no is going to get into Nurkic is going to get into foul trouble. Then they're going to have to put Whiteside in, and then Whiteside. Whiteside's going to get worked. I mean, because because White, yeah, Whiteside got he's too slow. He's too. Slow. I mean, dude, Whiteside picked up like three fouls in five minutes or whatever, yeah. like his in that in that game on the Saturday. Foot, his footwork compared to AD's footwork is like night and day. So that's just not going to work, man. But it's going to be interesting, man, seeing how the playoffs play out in the Eastern Conference and in the Western Conference. Do you want to take a pick right now on who's going to win the championship? Um, that's tough. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bucks. I'm I'm gonna and, and and I know I know that's kind of the in some ways it, it's the pick you might expect because they're the best team in the league. But I feel like a lot of people are are still skeptical of Giannis. I thought you thought the, I thought you thought the Clippers were the best team in the league. I think that if you get those two teams in the finals, I think that maybe you're gonna see Giannis. You're going to see Giannis on that stage, and I think he's going to show everybody why he's the MVP of the league because Giannis is going to be the MVP. And I think that I think that once he gets to that point, he's not going to be stopped. I'll believe it if I see Giannis. I need to see Giannis ex- like you know he's how got, like, they got to get you, there. You, you know, like what I've seen with Tatum, like you can literally see Tatum growing within the game. Giannis, I just see him dominating and being Giannis. I haven't seen his game take that next step. You know what I'm saying? It's like when Jordan started trusting his teammates. You know what I'm saying? Like, Giannis has to... I need to see some type of, like, glow happen for me to believe that he's... You know, these guys are going to win the championship. Other than that, I mean... Him doing things like headbutting players and stuff? No. No. Yeah, and I think that that that's frustration because I I think that... And that's what I mean. The frustration is going, like, so emotionally. You know what I'm saying? He can get frustrated. And when you're playing this game, 
especially when it comes down to the finals and in, in, in championship basketball. There's no, space kill, for, yeah, there's no space for frustration. So, I mean, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of I Think I Know Basketball. I mean, it's been great. I mean, we're going to keep, keep this up. We're going to make sure we do. You want to do one after every round? We could we could do one after every round. We could do one whenever stuff arises. Like we could just have fun with this. But we one thing that we can assure you of is that we will be back, ladies and gentlemen. And in that time, make sure that you're following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at I think I know underscore BB. And check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Anchor FM app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Peace out. We will see you soon. Bye.